Hello. Hello, you guys. We're back. It's Schmuck Boys plus Jewish Journal. Yes, as you... Crazy. I know, as you saw on our Instagram, as you heard in our last episode, we're now with the Jewish Journal. So exciting. Um, Yeah, our Instagram grew like so much in one day, which was so amazing. And we're in print, like we're in real print in the Jewish Journal. So, yeah, thanks for making all of our dreams come true and listening to us, even if you think we might sound annoying some days. We are always here for that. But we definitely want to cater the podcast more to you guys and things you all want to talk about or guests you might want to hear from for episodes to come. Yeah, so as we, you know, start to prep for season three, there's dating topics you want to hear us talk about jewish topics you want to hear us talk about guests you'd love to hear from let us know um also welcome to our new listeners who maybe haven't you know really heard us before nice to meet you welcome to our group chat i know should we maybe like i don't know should maybe give a little like bio about each of ourselves yeah why not yolo to our our new guest i mean our new guest oh my god our new listeners let's do it hi guys i'm libby i I'm from New York City, born and raised, pretty much the same neighborhood my whole life, if you know, you know. Um, and I went to school for acting, graduated in the pandemic, started making videos, and here we are. I created this Jewish mom persona, which ended up turning into Jewish comedy, which ended up turning into a social media career, and then a Jewish dating podcast with my good old gal, Marla, and previously Maxine. We send love to her. But yeah, now we're here and I am dating someone that I met during COVID. Nice Jewish boy, duh. And that's the tea on me. That was, that was the perfect elevator pitch. Um, yeah, I am Marla. I'm originally from the East Coast as well. Grew up in Connecticut. Went to school in Massachusetts for TV and film and journalism. Then I was living in New York City for four years, working in TV And then I kind of, after four years, felt like I needed a change. I wanted something new. I wanted to try to grow my career more so. So I moved to Los Angeles. And it's crazy because that was almost a year ago. I don't know how. We're bi-coastal, baby. Yeah. Time has just flown. I am still working in TV out here. And what else? Oh, yeah. I guess I am the single one for now on the podcast. So try to bring you. For now. Can you bring you guys, you know, those more roller coaster uh roller coaster updates on my dating life and yeah LA is great and yeah now we have this podcast and it's really fun for us to get to talk to different types of Jews about their lives their Judaism dating social media all that fun stuff and yeah we're really excited to see where the Jewish Journal collaboration takes this podcast um a lot of people haven't have like said they love like the sweatshirts that we wear in our new photo so mm-hmm. we have merch if you want to buy a t-shirt in our bio. um it's in the link in our bio um on instagram at schmuckboys official and oh we also for season three we'll be having our episodes on youtube that'll be exciting oh and obviously libby and i are both jewish and we both kind of 
teeter. We both know the like, Jewish scene, I would say, pretty well. Yeah. So it's pretty easy to talk to about the dating thing. But, you know, for those of you who have been listening this whole entire time, we won't bore you too much. And for those of you who are new, you can scroll all the way back to the beginning of our episodes to kind of be filled in. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, we kind of use this time to give updates. So my update at the moment is I will be speaking July 19th, 7 p.m. If you go on the Hadassah Magazine website as one of the Jewish women on TikTok, with Miriam Azekwi, and I'm super, super amped about it. Honestly, just really cool to be chosen, really cool to get to be in a conversation like that. And yeah, that that's pretty much it. And that wedding dresses are super hard to find for other people's weddings. Um, so if you have any good tips for that, let me know. I just got one at Nordstrom, but I know I'm going to need a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the hard thing about wedding dresses is you're like, okay, you want something that's like different than something you've worn before, but you also Mm -hmm. know that like you don't want to necessarily rewear it the same season because it'll be in the same photos. But you don't want to spend too much money. It's, it's. I know a lot of people do like rent the like rent the runway, but sometimes in my mind it's like so expensive that it's the same price as buying a dress that I'm like, I might as well buy it and then just force myself to rewear it. I guess that's smart um oh and threads that's my other update threads is a new app oh yeah i saw you joined it what is it i haven't done it yet what does it look like what is it is it very similar to twitter join schmuck boys should join too oh we should twitter but like instagram's version yeah i'm like still pretty active on twitter so i don't know if it's um healthy for my (laughs) mental health to add like another you gotta join it I know. I probably will. We're going to get Marla a new platform to love. <laughs> There's, I'm sure you've seen the jokes already about people like, um, being like, oh, great. Like another app to have to like fight against uh-huh. anti-Semitism on. <laughs> I saw you repost that and I was like, that's the most Marla post ever. Yeah. And yeah. So true. It is. It is. Um, yeah. I can't wait to be like debating with someone why Israel has like the right to exist on a that was literally account. clubhouse um but what other updates oh yeah so i went to a shabbat dinner recently with the village synagogue they're in los angeles they're a really great organization um it was a really fun shabbat dinner it was like all young jewish professionals um per usual i don't know how to talk to guys so like there was one guy there that i thought was actually really cute um couldn't muster up even a single simple hey but it's fine i it's well, funny because okay. i've just never i think and like I go on a lot of dates. So I think people think that I'm like good at talking to guys, but like, I'm not good at initiating. I could, I'm so bad in, at initiating. Initiating is not easy. I was never the girl on Bumble. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Unless I maybe, you know, had two to three drinks of me, then I could maybe initiate a conversation. But like before that, I'm like, I don't know how to talk to you. I don't even know how to talk to people when they try to talk to me. And obviously... I'm like I have a boyfriend and I get so awkward I'm like I have a boyfriend yeah it's like I feel like a lot of times at these Jewish events I'll, I could literally talk to like like two guys for an hour that I have no interest in and I'll have no problems keeping the conversation going and then at the end of the night I'm like why did I spend the whole night talking to guys I wasn't interested in because I just couldn't muster up the confidence to talk to the one person I wanted to but regardless you were of that, they would notice you what you're hoping they would notice you. Yeah, it makes it way easier when they approach you. 
Um, but anyways, as I mentioned in my, and I think the last episode, I'm kind of taking a step back from talking about my dating life as much, but I also truly have nothing to update on it regardless. So nothing to hide anyways, cause nothing's happening, but I'm fine with that. I like have a lot going on in my life. Cause I would like jobs and side projects and the fact that, oh yeah, I potentially totaled my car this past weekend. So that's fun. Um, but thankfully everyone involved, like it was just me and one other driver, totally safe. Like no, no one's injured. Mm-hmm. That's the most important part. Um, and what's crazy is my sister also got into a car accident and I guess like the, like the same week. And I guess people say that like, how does that happen? And it was a very similar car accidents. And she kind of thinks my sister is a bit more religious than I am. And if you don't know, there's this period in Judaism called the three weeks where in history, in the history of Judaism in these, you know, three exact weeks, a lot of bad things have happened. So in present day, during these three weeks, a lot of Jews will maybe like refrain from doing things that could be potentially dangerous or too adventurous, because I guess Jews have had like a history of bad things happening in these in this three week period. So my sister kind of thinks it could be like that, which I'm not saying it's not. I don't know if I believe it or not. But it's just interesting that within two days, we both had very similar car accidents, but thankfully that everyone's okay. And that's all that matters. Um, oh, upcoming events. I know that YJPLA, y- Young Jewish Professionals Los Angeles, I think is doing a white party. They're so exa- cool. They don't know, I don't know exactly when. I think their events in New York might be better than their <laughs> events in LA, but it depends. I've been to some of their events and they're good. And some of them are like, okay, it just depends. Sometimes the age range can be a bit higher right than a girl in her 20s would want summer it's exciting i don't know how it's already july july 4th season do you do anything fun for the fourth oh i went to a barbecue and then a party and then um saw i went to a bar for a little bit for a friend's birthday it was pretty chill even like like in the sense that I feel like I've been really social recently, but I'm not drinking a lot. So when I go to different places, even if the party, I guess, could theoretically be a crazy party, it doesn't feel that way to me because I've been drinking way less. Right. Um. So in my mind, like the part, the party I went to on, um, Fourth of July during the day was like a huge pool party, like cool house. So um. And so I guess for other people, it probably maybe seemed like a really a crazy party because other people were drinking a lot and for me I just kind of was like eh, I'm fine like I don't need to like drink a lot um so that's actually been interesting that's something I'm realizing recently is that like because when I was in New York I was super social and I was drinking a lot but here I'm super social but I'm not drinking as much and so I think it's interesting because it's kind of been making me realize that I'm more I'm more comfortable in my own skin than I used to be that I don't necessarily I'll see you're getting older too it's like a new place that too too. yeah and you were younger and that like priorities shift that's what your friends were doing at the time so of course that's what you're gonna do yeah although I feel like actually I don't know I think my friends in New York are still drinking I don't know it doesn't really matter but um oh I'm looking for a new apartment that's exciting um still in Los Angeles just a new apartment of los angeles shout out to any la real estates people <laughs> although all the los angeles real estate jews help me out oh this is actually a really crazy coincidence so because i totaled my car on saturday 
when I was seeing apartments on Sunday, I had to Uber. Mm. My drew my Uber driver was a Guatemalan Jewish man mm. and who like somehow like just had a feeling that I was a member of the tribe and he asked me and I was like yeah and he was like so am I we're talking about Jewish stuff we're talking about Israel he like knows people that I know in the Jewish community in Los Absolutely. Angeles um and it was such a nice conversation and he he was a bit older kind of like slightly dad vibes and he it was just I I as I was getting out of the car I was like you know like I actually am only taking this uber because my car got totaled and even though that was like not a great thing that happened I'm really glad we get to have this like conversation um because it's not every day you meet a Guatemalan Jewish person so that was very interesting um and yeah that's that's my updates um so some good updates Marla yeah yeah excited for more yeah um anything else we want to talk about before we get into it with our guest today this is a guest i've respected and been inspired by for a long time like since i started social media like three years i would consider that a long time Mm -hmm. so i'm excited for you guys to get to hear some wisdom especially coming from another dating expert Um, yeah, so we're very excited. Get ready and enjoy the next episode. Enjoy it. This week, we welcome a dating expert extraordinaire. You may know her from Hinge Social Media, from her extremely popular podcast, Seeing Other People, or as a fellow Jonas Brother fanatic, we are very happy to welcome Alana Dunn to Schmuck Boys. Yay. Thank you. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Alana, you've been a dream guest from the beginning. Like when I envisioned this podcast, you were like the one podcast I listened to religiously prior. So shout out to you. Thank you. It's so funny. I like still don't believe that people listen to my podcast and people <laughs> tell me it and I'm like, really like thank you oh yeah God. like you listen to me for an hour like I absolutely like, feel the same way yeah it's like it's such a weird thing that I don't know if I'll ever get used to but it's like yeah. really freaking cool so thank you and you do that for a living you have people listen to you for hours on end apparently that's what they <laughs> tell me so how did you get into the dating content world what was that like for you I definitely never expected to. I think if you had told me even like four or five, six years ago that I would end up doing what I'm doing now, I would have cracked up in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, my dating life was a dumpster fire for a very long time. I really struggled in my singlehood in my early and mid twenties. And I realized that the more I opened up about it publicly, the more I realized I wasn't alone, the more I realized that the problems I was having were normal and there wasn't anything wrong with me for struggling in my Mm -hmm. dating life. It was just a very shared experience that I happened to feel isolated. And because, you know, you would go on social media and just see seemingly happy couples everywhere. and, And it would make you feel like, well, everybody else seems to be deserving of love and I'm not. And that was a really hard feeling to have. And the more I started opening up about like, okay, dating is actually really difficult. And Mm -hmm. here's what I've been through. The more I realized that's such a shared experience and like, we're all better off if we're just authentic and vulnerable about it. A hundred percent. I feel like when you kind of first started 
coming out with dating content because I also was been following you when you start when you were like working for Hinge. Like I remember like years back. Um, okay, so I'm like the COVID train. Marla's like the pre-COVID train. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny because I. I don't mind sharing this. I applied for that same job with Hinge. And I remember. No I, way. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was trying wait. to get a job. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and then when I saw that you were doing it, I was like, oh, like she's great. Like, damn, wish I could have got it, but she's great at this. Um, so, so funny. It's so, like followed along. So oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. But so wow. but I think it's interesting because when you started doing that, I feel like that really was the beginning stages of it becoming no longer taboo for like yeah. people to talk about dating. And now it's like blown up since then. But that was really the start. Like I feel like 2018, 2017, like around then. Yeah, exactly. And and that's when I started doing it. And it was really scary. Like my first year at Hinge, I actually made a rule for myself that I wasn't going to talk about my dating life. I didn't want anybody Mm -hmm. to not want to date me because of what I did. And I felt like, well, that's unfair to somebody else if you know, I talk about what's happening on our dates. And about a year in, I was going through a breakup. And I was like, I can't just like pretend everything's okay. And just encourage people to keep swiping and going on dates when like, I feel like this. And so I realized I don't have to talk about like, what John said on a date or what Alex did or sent in a text. Like, it was wasn't about these specific things that the guys were doing. It was more about like how it was impacting me. Mm-hmm. But to open up about that was so scary because like you said, like nobody was really doing it at the time. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry I got the job over no, you, but I'm glad <laughs> it all worked. Oh, you That's don't have to apologize. You don't have to apologize. Yeah. It's yeah, all so meant to be, funny. meant to be. <laughs> exactly. That is so Wait, funny. What was this job listing even like? Was it just like looking for hinge creator? Because had any dating app really done that before no, no the title was video and content producer the first line was like you will be the face of our brand on social media and it was basically like it was behind the scenes in terms of like creating all the content for the instagram but then they did want somebody to really be this persona on the stories making videos for all of the channels and i definitely also like i i kind of like swindled my way into that job I did not have on-camera experience before and I fully like told convinced them that I did and I actually I really really wanted the job I made my cover letter into a hinge profile that's so smart and sent, sent a video like showing like this is what I can do this is like how I do it like I really like I don't think I've ever worked so hard on like anything like I wanted it so badly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. No, and thank god you did yeah. we're gonna backtrack a little bit because we wanted to kind of hear like your dating journey story of why you got into all this we usually ask people when they come on the relationship update of the week so that could be like a quick story of how you and Jake met what you what kind of date you guys went on I know you track your dates so as much yes. as you want to share there um, mine and Jake's first date was a beautiful 20 degree day in February. It was absolutely freezing and we had to eat dinner outside because it was COVID and you couldn't just go somewhere and get drinks because you also had to order food. So it right. was like a whole like sit down dinner. We went to Quality Eats, which is a nice restaurant. And I remember I took an Uber there because it was freezing. I wore like my giant puffy white coat and like five layers underneath and gloves (laughs) and a hat and a scarf and 
he, first of all, he was wearing like a pea coat and one layer underneath. Like he did not dress Classic appropriately. Men, just like not never do. No, they no. need us to be like. Um, I think you need another jacket with that. Literally. And the first thing I remember is I I, I dropped off. I got out of the car like a half a block away. So I just had to cross the street. And I remember walking across the street and like seeing him. And my first thought was like, wow, he's a lot cuter than I expected. Oh, always the best when it's a, when yeah. it's like a blind date type of thing. <laughs> yeah, which usually happens with guys because guys are not good at taking pictures. They don't know what a good picture looks like or how to craft a good profile. But um, yeah, it was you know, wasn't the best date ever. I didn't leave thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I don't see him again. But mm-hmm. we like connected on a few things. Like were there awkward pauses? Yeah. Did I like think I was going to see him again? I was like, maybe like, well, well I would like give it another shot. Yeah. Won't cry if it doesn't happen. And he texted me right after saying he had a great time and wanted to see me again. Oh, and what about recently? Did you guys do anything fun? Maybe go to the Jonas Brothers concert? Numerous times. Yes. Um, we actually <laughs> got to go to two Jonas Brothers concerts together the week after we got engaged, which was so special and like the most perfect timing and most perfect us, us way to celebrate our engagement. Yeah. Not me literally having chills seeing like them post you because I follow them too. They were my first concert. I literally have a photo holding up future Miss Jonas. So I'm like, I already knew I liked you. Okay. She's this cool girl. She's Jewish. She talks about dating. Now (laughs) her dream is coming true, which is like, oh, every girl's dream. So cool. So, so cool. And really full circle. And we'll get into like how you guys actually conversed. Yes. It's funny. I get a lot of comments on my videos about like the Jonas Brothers and Jake being like, how does it feel to live my dream? And it's like, so funny. I'm, I'm glad that I can confidently say like, listen, this was my dream too. I didn't just like end up falling into this and I'm like stealing all these other people's dreams. It's like, I spent my whole life like working towards this happening and somehow it did. But it really was them finding your engagement video. No. So I had actually, I previously worked in the music business before I was in dating. And Mm -hmm. the reason I wanted to go into music was because of how much the Jonas Brothers impacted me. And so my whole like mission in music was to help connect artists and bands to their fans. Like I wanted people to be able to fall in love with music the same way I did by feeling like they really knew them by feeling like their music mattered, like on a personal level beyond just you know, you could go to their concert, you could listen to them on the radio, but like, there's so much more to it and such a more like special connection than that. Mm -hmm. And that really like helped me in middle school and high school when I felt like an outsider, like their music just like really got me through so much. So that's why I wanted to work in the music industry. And I ended up actually having the chance to work with Nick um, when I graduated college as one of his ambassadors. He basically had the same idea as me and was like, I want to like improve my relationship with my fans. So I'm going to hire some of my fans to work with me and my management team. So right out of college, I ended up getting picked. It was like an unpaid internship, but like the coolest one on the planet. They flew us to different places to like have meetings with him and his team and go to concerts and be with each other. So you had met him already. Yeah, I had met him. And while I was there, um, someone on his team actually pulled me aside and was like, we want to hire you. Like we... Wow. are really impressed with you. We know like what you're doing and what you set out to do. And like, we want to make a spot on our team for you. And that was like, end all be all wild a stream. Mm-hmm. But I was starting a job in New York city at Sony music three days later. 
And I would have had to move to LA for this. And I like, couldn't, I couldn't do that at that time. And, um, what ended up happening as a result was I kind of just became like the most hooked up fan. So the way this whole thing worked with this, like me ending up interviewing them and, and me and Jake ending up at their concerts was I actually reached out asking to interview them. I just asked, can I, while they're here in New York, can I ask them for their best piece of relationship advice? Turns out, and I didn't find this out until two days after we got engaged, but which was like a month later, turns out they had this idea to have a fan interview them about their new new music. And as they were talking wow. about that idea, I texted their team asking to interview right them time, about right dating yeah. advice. And they were like, wow, like Alana's perfect for this. And wow. that is how it happened. That what about amazing coincidence? Yeah. What about, okay. But the video you had posted, the engagement video you posted, how does that fit into this? So bizarre timing. They had posted that they were giving away a pair of tickets to the person who made like the best video with their new song wings. And I had tickets for one of the shows, but Jake couldn't come that night. And so me and Jake, like now, like, you know, we just gotten engaged. Even before that, we wanted to go together so badly, but we couldn't because we couldn't get tickets. Like, okay, maybe we'll win this contest. (laughs) So I like, I literally entered this contest and Joe and Kevin end up commenting and sharing the video on their stories. And that was the day I get a text from, someone on their team being like, Hey, like, first of all, congrats. Second of all, this is crazy timing. I was going to call you today. So wow. it was already like wow, planned. Wow, wow. I had yeah. no idea. And the it was cards funny. Like, were aligned. Yeah. It was so crazy. And at the end of the call, I was like, so any chance I uh, won that ticket giveaway contest? And she just started laughing. She was like, do you need tickets? I'm like, after she's like, do you want to interview them for an hour? I'm like, so that's giveaway? So... yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, like let me say the cards, the cards are definitely aligned for you there. Um, and they yeah, biggest mozzles on the proposal Thank engagement. You. So exciting. Um, I know you obviously it just happened, so this question might almost be like too soon to be thinking about, but do, how do you maybe see your like advice or projects or content evolving as you go mm-hmm. from like the dating stage of your life to this fiance eventually married? you know, part of your life? I love that question because it's something that I thought about for a while. You know, even when I was working at Hinge at the first like six months I was single and I started talking to this guy and thinking things were going to like really go somewhere. I literally asked my boss, wait, am I allowed to be in a relationship? Because I didn't know if like that would impact the way people viewed me or, or trusted me or just digested my content. And my boss laughed and was like, oh my God, Alana, like, of course, if anything, that just gives you more credibility. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when I, you know, I met Jake a month into seeing other people, okay. like a month into the podcast. And so it was really early, which it was actually really cool because listening to the podcast from the beginning, it's almost like listening to a diary of my relationship unfolding. And you do start with like hearing all of my, all of the bad and all of like the terrible dating stories and situations I was in, but you also get to see me like making better decisions along the way, all the while referencing bad decisions I made in the past and things I've learned. But I definitely did worry like, Oh, are people not going to like relate to my content anymore? Mm -hmm. And Anytime I've expressed that, I've gotten so much feedback from people saying how wonderful it is for them to like see me modeling a healthy relationship and 
they know that I didn't just like snap my fingers and meet somebody. Like they know mm-hmm. I really had to like go they know through the, that the thick it. of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I try and, you know, I know not everybody has listened to every episode. I know people are following me, like who have never met me before. don't know anything about me or my past. I never want anybody to look at me or my content and think like, oh, this girl just like, has it all like she's engaged whatever she doesn't know how hard it is she doesn't know how tough of a time I'm having I really always try and go back to like listen like I get it I Mm -hmm. went through all of these things I know how much it hurts I know what it feels like to feel like you're at rock bottom and like you're not deserving of love I know I know what you're going through because I really went through it for so long but Mm -hmm. I also want to give people hope that like it does get better and you can get to where you want to be yeah that's great. That's really nice. That's so cool that your like relationship started through the podcast. Was there ever like a conversation with Jake? Like, Hey, just so you know, you just met me. I have this dating podcast. Is it okay if I share date by date by date by date? Yeah. So he, he knew from the beginning like about the podcast. I think he thought it was, I think, I think he like thought it was really interesting and cool. Um, it's funny. Cause I remember on our first date, somehow it came up that he listened to Jared Freed's podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm like interviewing Jared next week. And I think mm-hmm. in Jake's eyes, that made me the coolest person ever to him. And yeah. so he was like all in like huge supporter. He started listening to the podcast like immediately and letting me know he was listening, which like meant a lot to me. I was definitely scared at first because at the time I was talking about going on dates with other people. So I was really nervous. And, you know, like my co-host at the time was like, if anyone's trying to date Alana, good freaking luck. Cause she's not over her ex. And I'm like, Like he's going to hear that. And so that was really Mm -hmm. scary to me, but I was always cautious with like, I don't want to bring somebody into this whole situation if they don't feel comfortable about it. So I never started talking about him until one day he literally said to me, like, are you ever going to talk about me on the podcast? And I was like, Oh, green light. Cool. Yes, I will. And now he's like been on it a bunch of times and it's been great, but yeah, I didn't want to like, ambush him and suddenly start you know airing out our dirty laundry Mm -hmm. I really wanted to make sure it was something that like I was doing because it felt right and it felt like okay yeah wow I I can relate to you on so many levels for what you just said and Libby knows because we've talked about this on the podcast before yes we have (laughs) so many times like if I'm seeing you know like there's been a handful of times or someone I'm getting to know or going and got gone on a few dates with like mentions that they know the podcast maybe they they listen to it or their friend listens to it and then I'm trying to kind of it's hard because on one hand it makes me feel like I can't be as like honest in giving like my dating updates because I'm like obviously people know you date multiple people usually in the beginning stages of things but you don't talk about it with people you're dating because that would be inappropriate And it's this weird thing where I'm like, I feel like I want to be like honest about like things that I'm doing in my dating life. But like if someone else hears that, like I don't want their feelings to get hurt or for them to feel weird about it. And like trying, that's something that I'm learning to navigate. You guys should definitely converse on that. (laughs) Like even aside from this. Yeah. Because I think what you said is so important. Yeah, it's definitely like figuring out how much is too much. Like, it's definitely a fine line to walk of like wanting to be respectful, but also wanting to be vulnerable with your audience and like yeah. be real about what's going on, but not wanting to, you know, hurt somebody or mess up a situation that you want to work out. It's really right. tough. Yeah. 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 
Well, I mean, so far, so good. So we'll see. <laughs> he had some funny situations happen. And then me, I'm like, Jack and I, we ate food yesterday. And Marla's like, can I talk about this? I don't know. <laughs> but totally, totally makes sense. And so obviously you used to host the podcast with Jonah when you first started and you said you were going to start a podcast with someone from like your past that you had spoken to, like, what was that like for you? And what was it like transitioning from that into doing your own thing? It was really funny starting the podcast with Jonah. So how that happened, because we actually started a podcast for Hinge together first before seeing other people. And it was called Dating Sucks. And mm -hmm. I knew I, I, I wanted to start a podcast and I went to my boss and said that. And my boss was like, okay, go start a podcast. And I was like, okay, I want an older male co-host because I want, you know, people to be able to tune in to hear my perspective and hear his perspective and, you know, someone who's older. So that's like, kind of, there's like that more mature aspect, but maybe not because it's a guy who maybe is or isn't looking for something serious. And they're like, okay, do you have someone in mind? And I wasn't expecting them to just like, let me choose who it was. And I never thought that it would be him, but out of nowhere, I was kind of like, wait a second, I do have someone in mind. Actually, it's somebody who I met on Hinge a few months ago, and we went on a few dates. And during those dates, all we did was talk about modern dating. And I feel like he would be so into this. He's had a podcast before and like, whatever. So he was like, absolutely. And we did it. And it was interesting because we went through a lot of phases in our friendship and our like podcast co-host ship where there were times where I actually wanted to try things again with him and he was not down. And then there were times where he wanted to try things again with me and I was not down. And then there were mm -hmm. times where he wanted to date one of my friends and like, we got in a fight about it because I didn't feel okay about that. And so it was really interesting navigating all of that. But the cool part was was that we were both down to be very open about it. Mm -hmm. And so it was this like, will they, won't they thing that our listeners got to like really hear about also. But then on top of that, there were the other dating experiences that we were having and kind of coaching each other through those things. So there were a lot of really cool dynamics to it. Friends or family have any like, like were their opinion, like when they, when you were like, I'm doing a podcast with a guy I like went out with, were they like, what are you doing? Were they supportive? Were they were like, this could be a bad idea. Like, what were their kind of reactions? I think everyone was kind of like just confused. But I mean, the, like the me suddenly doing content and like having this social like online presence was like, none of us really knew how to feel about it or like what it meant. Mm -hmm. And so I think they were just like, okay, like Alana's doing a podcast with the guy she like met on a dating app. Cool. Like, <laughs> great. I don't think yeah. like anyone really thought too much into it. It was more just like, all right, this is what's happening for Alana's job, weirdly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And so now transitioning from having a co-host to hosting by yourself, what has that kind of transition been like for you? I was terrified at first. I actually had never done an episode on my own. You know, I always had him there, whether it was just the two of us or us interviewing somebody else. I had never once flew solo. So I was really nervous at first. And I remember I, this was like June of 2021, the first week of it, I booked five recordings that week. I was like, I need to just throw myself into it and just do it and not think about it. Mm -hmm. As soon as I think about it, I'm going to start to overthink. I'm going to start to panic. And 
likely things will just be fine and I will just be in my head about it. So I really dove in. And I remember after the first recording, I was like, oh my God, I absolutely love this. And I'm so glad this happened. And I'm so glad that like, this was the push I needed to realize that I was capable of doing this. Yeah. 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 That's great. Obviously gives tons of dating advice, talk about so many different topics. Do you think that there's one piece of dating advice that you find yourself giving out the most? Ooh, love that question. I think it might be if you, if you start talking to somebody, going on dates with somebody, dating somebody, whatever phase you're at, and you're finding yourself more anxious than you were before you met them, it's not the right person for you. And I think people try and justify all the time. It's like, well, I'm anxious because I really want it to work out or no, I'm always this anxious. Like I have anxiety about these things and I just care, which is why I'm feeling on edge. Mm -hmm. When it's the right person, it will feel easy. It Mm -hmm. shouldn't be that hard. Yes, of course, life is hard. Relationships are hard. Marriage is hard. But in the beginning, when you are just starting to date somebody, starting to get to know somebody, it should be so fun and it should be easy. And so if suddenly you're getting these pits in your stomach that you didn't have before, or you can't sleep, or you're literally feeling like the world is falling apart as you like stare at your phone, waiting for them to text you back. Mm-hmm. It's not the right person for you. It should not be that painful. I've said this so many times because also single people don't want to hear it will happen when you least expect it. No, that's not what they want to no. hear. You can't tell them that, but it really, it, it, I just say this to Marla all the time and to our listeners, like it just shouldn't be that hard. Like hard things will happen in your life, but those should be the hard things. Not like you're dating and you're having some crazy argument on something. Yeah. Or like culture wise, like it doesn't match up. Like if you're figuring that out early on and it's a problem early on, like odds are it might not work. That and guess what? That just means that your person is still out there. And like, how exciting is that? That you have like all of the most incredible moments of your life and your love story have yet to happen. You have all those to look forward to. Yeah, 100%. Um, Another thing we were curious about, and I like to make this joke that it's like, it's like you're trying to find, like, who does your therapist go to for their therapy? You know what I mean? Like, so a lot of people obviously go to you for dating advice. Do you find like there's people or resources that you go to, or you almost feel like you, I guess not anymore, but when you were dating, or do you almost feel like you had so much experience that your experience that you had was your own dating like advice? You know, I definitely tried to take a lot of advice when I was single, but I found, and I think this is part of the reason I felt so passionate about the advice that I was giving and and more so like the way I was giving advice. Mm -hmm. I found that a lot of the advice that I was getting wasn't actually helpful because it was so strict on like, this is the way it should be, or this is how you should behave. This is what you can do. This is what you can't do. And so much of it, I would try to follow and it felt like fundamentally wrong. Like my values didn't align with what it was trying to make me do or make me feel or make me believe. And so I kind of, because of that, I really set out to like give in, I don't want to say like healthier or better advice because everybody's different. And, you know, some people will like my advice. Some people will hate it, but Mm -hmm. I really tried to, you know, put out there like, there's no one right or wrong way to do things. You have to do what feels right for you. And mm-hmm. what works for you might not work for your best friend, might not work for your favorite 
influencer, podcaster, or celebrity, vice versa, what works for them might not work for you. And so it's interesting, like, who do I get my advice from? I feel like after a while, like I stopped, even when I was single, like I stopped trying to live by somebody else's rules because I tried for so long and it didn't get me anywhere. So I really tried to follow like, okay, what have I learned from my experiences? What mistakes have I made? How could I be better? And, you know, maybe grow from that and try and put myself down a better path. So that's really kind of how I did it. I definitely, I was in therapy for a while. I think that helped a lot. I also, I think after a while I was so sick of letting myself get so hurt mm-hmm. where it was almost like I didn't have anyone else to blame. Like I couldn't say like, I got hurt because this guy was an asshole. It was like, right. well, I let somebody treat me that way again. Mm-hmm. And that's nobody's fault, but my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a really good way to look at it. So true. We're our own worst enemies sometimes, but that's how we learn maybe. Yeah, I also feel like once you get to a point where it's like a serious relationship, you're not going to feel like you need to ask someone. It's just you two. And like at the end of the day, that's how it should be. Mm -hmm. So I almost like challenge my friends too sometimes, like not to be like annoying or I'll be like, well, what do you think you should do? Because at the end of the day, it's just going to be the two of them when they're Mm -hmm. married or, you know, living on their own. Who's going to be there? So I think that's a really good way to think about it. But obviously, yeah, like you have these outlets. There's so many different things to listen to, people to ask. There's almost too much information now about dating that it can also be so overwhelming. Like if I was single right now and I was seeing all these app like updates and the voices. And that's another app today that someone sent me where it's like for your friends to set you up with other people, but like on an well, app. Isn't that you, Alana? Isn't that your whole loop? So we're not, what Carly and I are doing, it's called the setup. It's not an yeah. app. We ne- we don't ever want it to become an no app. app. We're not going to try and like raise money and get investors and, and grow it into this big thing. We actually wanted to create a solution that was not a dating app because... <laughs> for at least the past year now, everybody feels like the dating apps are failing them. I mean, I'm going to weddings where people met on Hinge and Bubble and and different apps, but I don't know a single person who in the past year has actually met somebody off of an app. And Mm. everyone's at this like new level of frustration with them. And so we wanted to figure out like, okay, how can we like, we've successfully set people up before. We have the dating app experience. Like we have the knowledge of like, how to properly match people. Like how can we and our networks and our friends of friends and and our audiences solve this problem that people are having? So what we're doing, it's called the setup. It's it's a very like individualized, not algorithm focused. Like we're literally like, we have a spreadsheet of people who have submitted their information and like we are going in there manually trying to figure out who would be interested in who. And then reaching out to those people and saying like, hey, we think you might get along with this person. Like mm-hmm. they seem to fit the things you're looking for that you described. Like, do you want to meet them? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like matchmaking. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, almost like a more, we, we want it to be a more attainable like version modern. of matchmaking. Modern and casual. I think mm. people are kind of afraid of matchmaking. It makes it feel like 
well, More this serious. has to be the person I'm going to marry. And, mm-hmm. you know, a, an actual a matchmaker costs thousands and thousands of dollars to work right, with. And right. a lot of the people in our circles can't afford that. And we don't, they don't, they shouldn't have to. So we're, it's very new, but we're working on a way to make it really affordable and realistic and casual. Like we're, if we find somebody for you, we're not like sending you an email. Like we're literally texting you a picture and a blurb. And Mm. like, as if we're your friends, because that's really what it comes down to. Like everybody would rather be set up by a friend. So that's what we're trying to do. That's awesome. It's called the setup. I like that. Let's cover. Thanks. Love it. And so let's talk Judaism for a few. What was your Jewish identity like growing up? And did that play a role into your dating life or anything you share online? It's it's funny because I didn't really realize my what my Jewish identity was until I was in college and was exposed to people who like weren't the same as me. And I realized, oh, wow, it really kind of does define me and, and who I am. And I always had my parents saying like, yeah, like, you'll want to marry somebody Jewish because like they just get it. They've shared, like, you have like these shared values and life experiences. And I really didn't understand that until I was around so many people who were different because I grew up in a predominantly Jewish area. But, you know, not too religious, more so it was like the traditions for me, like holidays Mm -hmm. and we would do Shabbat dinner growing up. And like, that was my favorite. And I went to camp. I'm a very like basic Jewish girl. Um, (laughs) But I love that about me. I I think, you know, if you hear about it's like nobody wants to be called basic, but like, I don't mind because it does describe like me and the people that. I have shared values with. It's like, yeah, like we went to camp. We went to like similar colleges. We had these similar experiences. There's nothing bad about that. Mm-hmm. But right. that's just like what makes us us. And if people want to say it's basic, like I don't fucking care. Yeah, um, that's my whole brand. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So that's me. Do you, do you feel like you at you at a certain point you were like, oh, like I'm actively trying to date Jewish, or you were kind of like, if it happens, it happens. It doesn't have to be. Like, how did you kind of? navigate that deciding like whether it was going to be something you were going to strictly look for or not it's funny because growing up being told that I I had to made me almost want to push back and and Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. and it's funny I remember I was on a family vacation and I said to my mom like well you can't force me to marry somebody Jewish because Nick Jonas isn't Jewish and (laughs) if Nick Jonas wants to marry me you're not going to say no and so I got my mom to agree that I could marry Nick Jonas. And I think she got really scared once I started like working for him and he actually knew who I was. Cause when she agreed to that, she never thought I would ever in a million years, even like meet this man. So that was like my rebellious experience. Like growing up was like getting her to agree that I could marry a Christian boy whose dad was a pastor. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I think I always expected I mean, that mine wasn't with- much better. It was Justin. Bieber, so like, <laughs> yeah. I tell my mom that he would convert for me. <laughs> Dead. Um, yeah. I think I always figured I would end up with somebody Jewish. I mean, the majority of guys that I have kissed in my life, like if you look through there, I have a list of in my phone of, of every guy I've ever kissed. And it looks as though you're reading out like roll call for a Hebrew school. Yeah, like, that's, so that's funny. just what it is. Um, but it's the Jewish camp roster. Literally. There <laughs> definitely was a time, like I did semi-seriously date somebody who wasn't Jewish and 
in my mind, I was like, well, I don't care. Like, this is the mm-hmm. person I want to be with. And mm-hmm. I don't think my parents ever thought it was going to go anywhere. So I, like, we've never gotten really like a discussion about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, in hindsight, it was a terrible, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible relationship anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never really felt like it was a contentious thing of like, I have to date somebody Jewish because it, mm. it almost just made more sense for me too anyway. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's for a lot of people is like, actually we've I've mentioned this before on the podcast and how like, I, cause I love Jared Frieda following him for a while. And he said um, at one point, like maybe, maybe this season on this podcast or the one before where he was like, it's just easier to date someone that's also Jewish because he goes, then I don't have to be the expert on Judaism in the relationship and to the family. He's like, if I date someone's not Jewish, their family is going to ask me about everything. And I don't know. That's so, so funny. Yeah. 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 When me and Jake are trying to like, like we are, we've been to some like more religious weddings that we're just like, what is happening? Like, we have no idea. And we're like, wow, like, we are bad Jews, but it's like, no, we're just <laughs> no like such thing. No yeah. such we're thing. just like, culturally and traditionally jewish like we've never identified as religious yeah so yeah. like we're not of course we're not going to know everything and that's okay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and then something else that we like talk about on our on um all of our episodes especially because most people we talk to like yourself like have a following do you ever or have you ever dealt with any type of anti-semitism whether it's online or real life and obviously for you like you're not necessarily like we've been some people we have on like their page is Jewish. Like it's right. very clear. Um, obviously your page isn't necessarily like that, but it's not something you like hide. Like you've, I feel like you've mentioned it like yeah. enough times people probably would know it. So right. is that something that you've ever dealt with online or in real life? I really haven't. And I feel grateful for that and almost surprised by that. Cause I know that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. I think there have been a few comments, like if there's ever anything you know, there's anti-Semitic things happening that people are trying to rally around and share. Like I'll repost those things on my stories. And like, Mm -hmm. maybe then I've gotten some comments from people, but that's fine. They're like, oh, I'm an unfollow you. Like, okay, bye. Like, see ya. Don't want you here anyway. But, you know, there have been times where I've posted like Jewish focused things, like in a comedic way of like, like not having somebody at Rosh Hashanah or whatever, like, I don't know, whatever it is. Right, and right. they've gone like relatively viral, but there's never been like any negative mm-hmm. comments left on it. It's just been like all positive and relatable and funny. So I'm, I don't know how I've avoided it. Yeah. That's um, lucky. For you. No, yeah. That's yeah. like the most rare answer, but yeah. like, I'm so yeah. happy. Maybe it means you've like you fostered a good community, which is also yeah. says a lot. I will. Yeah, I will say like, I feel really, really grateful and like proud of the community that I've built and everybody really is so supportive. And it's like, it's almost funny. It's like the people that I'm, you know, trying to guide through their dating lives, the people that I'm creating content, like don't ghost for all of these reasons and like be a good person. Like they're not the ones who need to hear it because they are the good people out there who already have develop these healthy dating behaviors or like want to be considerate, want to be kind in their dating lives. Like sure. it's the people that they're dating who really need to yeah. Yeah. send this to a friend. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. Perfect. Well, now we're going to play a quick game, dating do's and don'ts. So Yay. just super simple, do or don't. Text him first after a date if three or more days go by. Do. All right. Hot take. Um, 
push this one's kind of like an either or push through dating fatigue or recognize it as a sign to take a break take a break tips for navigating when friends set you up how much do you share with your friend if it might get back to the person you're seeing Mm. that's tough i mean it depends is it or do you trust your friend Mm. i i think i think actually being honest and, and telling your friend how you're feeling about it but then saying like here's what i feel comfortable with you sharing and here's what i'd like you to keep between us Mm. that's actually a good way to uh, actually that's such a smart thing to specifically say like these things that really because i think if you don't say if you either say don't tell them anything or you don't or you don't say or you don't give any prerequisite then they'll decide on their own head what they think is they should share or not be shared but by saying exactly that that you're almost then if they go against that then you're like i told you not to specifically so right exactly I mean, listen, um, I got set up by my boyfriend's brother, so. You knew it would be only, him. There was only so much I could share then. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> While he was setting me up with his friend, by the way. He was already That's setting me so up with his funny. friend, and then he's like, my brother's also into you. That is so funny. I'm dating the brother, <laughs> but yeah. Dad. Wait, also, I, I feel as though I have to clarify my first answer of like, why, yeah, I, think you can, sure. why I think you can and should text somebody even if three days have gone by. Because you have literally nothing to lose at that point, And you would rather know than sit there staring at your phone, wondering, mm-hmm. are they ever going to text me? Am I ever going to hear th- from them? You'd rather text them and have them hopefully send you that anti-ghosting text or set or respond. Like yeah, I've yeah. been in situations and I've seen situations where both people are waiting for the other person to text them mm-hmm. and nobody ends up texting and it w- it's fully a misconnection or like it could have developed into something great. Right. So just texting. Just send the text. You literally have nothing to lose. You'd rather get your answer than sit mm-hmm. there wondering. Yeah, no, hundred percent. I there was a guy I went out with when I first moved here, and I thought thought it went great, and texted him after. He basically was saying like, "We can still go out, but like, I just want you to know that I only want to be casual." And I was like, "Oh, that's not for me." But I never would have gotten that answer if I didn't text him. He just never would have texted me. Um, exactly. So, um, okay. And our last thing is. How long into dating do you think people should start taking turns for paying for things? Whatever you feel comfortable. You know, I know some women who want to be wined and dined until they're in a relationship or until there's a ring on their finger. Mm -hmm. If that's what you want and they're okay with that, by all means, power to you. Mm -hmm. I know women who after the first date, if they're not taking turns or at least paying for drinks before dinner, dessert after dinner or something, they will feel like they owe the man mm-hmm. something because mm-hmm. he's paying. And then they put pressure on themselves to like deliver that thing to them or to like sleep with them because they feel as though like, yeah. well, they paid for dinner. So now I owe them this. Mm-hmm. And otherwise I feel guilty. So right. it's, it's what like, you should never feel that way. First of all. And if you mm-hmm. do, I mean, set boundaries for yourself on like what you do and don't feel comfortable with, but you ne- you do not owe anybody anything. Yeah. Um, I think whatever works for you. I think I, I think the best course of action is after like the first like two or three dates, if you're at least paying for something, like I said, like if you're getting drinks before dinner, like I would like, to, I always like to do that if I like, like the person, maybe a certain second or third date. If we like met up at a bar before dinner, I would say like, I'm going to pay for drinks because I know you're not going to let me pay for dinner. 
Yeah. And they really appreciated that. And they were like, okay, fine, fair, I'll allow it. Yeah. Done. And I remember getting feedback all the time from guys saying like, that was awesome that you did that. I really appreciate it. You don't have to, but I like respect you a lot for doing that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that's what felt good for me. But that's again, the best answer on that. Yeah. So yeah. true. And I never thought about it. Like, yeah, people feeling guilty like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you should never have to feel that way. Yeah. No, I get that. I feel like I've maybe said it once or twice before, but I don't remember how like, it's almost, it's almost, almost like where if I, if I'm on a date with a guy first date, and I know that I don't want to see him again, I will like insist more to like split Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I don't want him to think that I just like wanted drinks or wanted food and then said no to seeing him again. And I was just doing it for the food or drinks. So it's almost almost like if I, if I don't offer, it's like, that means I do want to see them again. (laughs) Marla's like the opposite like all the advice you give about like not ghosting like marla will not ghost like she will send a voice memo like rejection <laughs> i did i did one time send a voice note. Oh. yeah, yeah i no, love that though I, like be, stay stay true to who you are i love yeah. that and people yeah, will respect yeah. you and and honestly like, that's how you could end up in a situation where like maybe you go out with somebody and it doesn't work out between the two of you but they're like oh like you know what? Like this girl was great. Unfortunately, like I'm not for her. She's not for me, but like yeah. I have a friend or like, I have great things to say about her. Like someone comes up yeah, with somehow comes up with your friend. With you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You always want to be wanna, put in the good out there. You never want to burn any bridges yes. if you don't have to. So yep. Ugh, all the power to Marla <laughs> kills all it. Power. I cannot wait. I'm waiting for the day she comes and she's like, let I met someone on the podcast. <laughs> but okay, we're gonna end off with a question we ask everyone. What is Alana's definition of a schmuck boy? Oh my god. Like anybody I've dated in the past. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all that's like that's really it. Like anybody where who's I in was, my kiss list. Where I am now. <laughs> I love yep. that. We'll take it. We'll take it stunning and where can people find you any upcoming projects events well first of all thank you guys so much for having me this was so much fun you can listen to seeing other people wherever you listen to podcasts you can enter the database or get on the wait list to be a priority member of the setup at the link in my bio on instagram which is seeing other people on instagram and alana dunn on tiktok and yeah those are the socials so follow me there amazing thank you so much this is great and yeah thank you guys because you're just a smug boy you're just a smug boy that's not enough boy don't need another another smug boy because you're just a smug boy you're just a Another, another shirt boy.